episode of The Clappers, Carl reveals himself, finally, for the man he really is. Oh, don't stop. Thinking about tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And we talk about a television show called Year of the Rabbit. And an excellent new movie called Animals. And we discuss upon... Mm. The nature of uh, taste. Yeah, taste. And how it develops. Who has it and who doesn't? And whether you can still I'll leave have that it, up to you. Whether guess you can still who have has it taste. If you've been to see <laughs> Fleetwood Mac in concert. <laughs> Listen to the wind blow. Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And this is Carl Quinn. Last week, Carl, I mm. believe you went to a, a particular kind of oh. performance. Oh, you're going to have a go here, aren't you? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I am. I am. But I'm going to have, I, I want to talk about oh, another performance Fleetwood that you Mac. went That's to. what you're the sweet no. 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 No, I'm talking about Fred Armisen. Oh, Fred Armisen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, did, yeah. You, did you went and saw him, didn't I you? I did. I saw Fred Armisen yeah. live and during a show called, well, ostensibly a stand-up comedy show yeah. called Comedy for, for Musicians, dot, 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 but everyone is welcome. It, it does exactly what it yeah. says on the box. That's what it was. It has a different name. I watched it on television. Uh, the, the, I haven't seen the Netflix special, so I don't know if it's the same I think it show. is. The way I heard, the way I, I think yeah. you read about it, you wrote about it, didn't yeah, you? I yeah, I did. Yeah. The way you wrote about it and the way I heard him describe it maybe the day before yeah. on 3LO right. with John Fain yeah, and, yeah. and some professor. Right. Uh, <laughs> it sounded like the same show that I watched, okay. which is basically him with a drum kit and an iPad Talking about Pretty drumming similar. and music, yeah. and I think he gets out a guitar and plays it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. while ago I saw it, and I thought it was fairly light entertainment. Like I, I watched his stuff on Portlandia, and I like it. I think it's really grim and nasty satire. Yeah. Have you, did you know the show? Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you watched it? Have you watched any of it? I wouldn't say it's grim and nasty oh, satire. I think I'd it's say, really dark. And <laughs> but maybe the slightly bits, befuddled and slightly affectionate. Maybe the bit, oh, okay, the bits I've seen might. Be, maybe I'm seeing something through a different lens than, Clearly. than you or, yeah. or others, but I like it. I suspect okay. you have a deeper pathological hatred of hipsters than I do. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> I, I like it anyway. I like no, Portlandia. No. And I thought this was very gentle and unfortunately began with some premises that, that were wrong, are false. Mm. Uh, and like what? Uh, well, well, we'll go to, to a, a couple of things that he said that, mm. you know, Firstly, Fred Armisen describes himself as a drummer in the sense of he once played the drums and now he does something else, right? But still maintains some of the skills or retains, I should say, some of the skills. I don't think he does any practice or maintains his skills. I don't don't know if that – look, I don't know enough about him to know that that what you're saying there, Mm -hmm. that he doesn't practice, Mm -hmm. is true. Yep. Uh, I mean, he doesn't make his primary living from – Playing drums, but he he did play he played drums in a, a punk band called Trenchmouth. Yep. But he also played in the Blue Blue Man Group, right? Mm-hmm. He was yep. in the musical uh, yeah. component I've of the Blue, Man group. the Blue Man Group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you ever watched the rest of Development, you will have seen. The oh, uh, Blue Man Group. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. my point is not to. I'm not trying to criticise his abilities as a drummer or anything like that. Uh, but so he's on the radio, and the first question he gets from a very Typically smug John Fain. (laughs) 
and and John Fain is at his best. And his opinions do not necessarily reflect the views of the clappers. John Fain's <laughs> always at his best when he's talking about something that he doesn't know anything about. He, for some reason, is reluctant to talk about things that he's an expert on, like hockey and old motor vehicles. Uh, but he, I'd have to say, he's not that reluctant. <laughs> but he seems to really love to launch into a topic that he has no expertise in. So he, the first question he asks Fred Armisen is, "Are the drums?" Hard, which is, of course, to him a rhetorical question because how could they be? How could the drums be hard? How could it possibly be difficult to play the drums? Did he mean hard to play or are they physically hard? No, no, he meant hard to play, Mm. which Fred Armisen says, no, no, they're not hard to play. I mean, really, you're just doing the same thing. You just get just, just play a pattern and you just keep playing the pattern and there's really, you know, they're not hard, right? Right. Which... Causes me so a little you, bit of Andrew Young hits the buzzer. A, a little bit of tension in my chest. Yes, of okay, it does. shall we say? Yeah. Uh, being a drummer means having to not just explain to people of um, lesser ability than you what it is you actually do, and having to justify it all the time, but it also means that you have to be better than everybody else in the band because. W- you can't make mistakes because they are so conspicuous. You are the person that everybody else has to rely on to keep, keep at the very least, the very lowest, most basic point, you have to be keeping the band in time. You have to be the person who everybody else can rely on to to keep you in time. So, yeah, it does bother me when when somebody who's brought a show to Australia to talk about (laughs) drums and drumming and to play the drums talks about them. They're not hard. The next question was even better. Is comedy hard? (laughs) The next question. That's easy. You just get up, you tell jokes. um, When some professor, maybe an academic, she asks him, is it difficult to be innovative on the drums? (sighs) And, of course, um, Fred Armisen, drummer, replies, well, yes, it is. I mean, you can't really innovate. Whenever you hear somebody trying to be innovative, it just sounds like they're trying to be innovative on the drums. There's really, it's a limited instrument and there's very little you can do on the drums and it's difficult to be, there's not really any innovators on the drums. Now, I'm not going to launch into a disquisition. uh, uh, Giving you the names of just five off the top of my head who are innovative drummers. (laughs) You don't need me to do this because if you've, I, if, I you've don't. if you've ever listened to any music that was recorded in the 20th century ever with drums, you may not know their names, but you have listened to innovative drummers and you've listened to drummers who have changed the world of music by virtue of the way they have played the drums, not by trying to land a capsule on the moon, just by playing great music in their way and doing it in a way that has changed how people play. So that bothered me somewhat. Oh, really? Here, here is somebody. You, you've done a remarkable job of covering I did, up. I did, didn't I? Yes. I did, didn't I? But, but I did spend the rest of the day gnashing my teeth. <laughs> Steaming, steam out of the ears. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that yeah. you found his light shtick enjoyable. I'm, I'm glad that you didn't pay for it. And um, I heard people talking about it on Triple R the next day. Yeah. They were just rhapsodizing. They this was like their ideal male performer, the people who do the breakfast well, program. As and, I read in my review, it, as I read in my review of it, it was basically mm. like spending a, a rainy Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. with a mate who's got a great record collection mm-hmm. and gets up every now and again to play a little bit of music and go, I'll oh, listen to this and and, and 
riffs on it and tells yeah. gags, right? Yeah. Is is knowledgeable and is funny. Yeah. Right? Or semi knowledgeable mm. and semi funny. Mm. Right. I didn't think it was hilarious. I didn't <laughs> think it was a hilarious show, but I thought it was a really enjoyable show and I liked the concept of it, which is basically that it was a show entirely it was a comedy yep. routine entirely about music. And yep. it featured music. Mm. And it actually featured musicians as well. Other than Fred himself, mm-hmm. he, who did play both guitar and uh, drums, drums yeah. and iPad. He played iPad quite a bit. Lots um, of people do nowadays. Yes, yes. No, by which I mean he queued up various bits yeah. of music to make To gags. talk about, yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan of jazz, and I don't think anyone in this room is a fan of jazz. <laughs> I don't think anyone really likes it. It's, it's a role we all play, we all... We act like it's part of our lives, but um, my problem with jazz is that it, it sounds like itself. It sounds like jazz. When I hear it, I, I don't think, oh, I love this song. I think, ah, that's jazz. <laughs> and to prove this point, I'm gonna play a jazz song and check out within yourselves when you start checking out and... and, and when your thoughts start to wander. You could raise your hand when you do it. I'll do the same. Let's see. Right here, same spot, right right here somewhere. We're done, we're done here. These musicians are still playing. Did the iteration of it you saw feature the Diana Ross uh, I'm Coming Out um, drum bit? I can't recall. Because that was was gold. That was good. That was gold. Comedy gold. All I would say is. Mm -hmm. uh, I like that song. (laughs) So his his joke about it was like it's it's as if the drummer is sitting there at the kit and nobody told him how the song goes Mm -hmm. or what his bit was Mm -hmm. and he just keeps trying to find a way to come in and it's just. Kind of like he's just going randomly, and it sounds and like it, that when. And at the yeah. end, he says, "You will never be able to hear that song yeah, the same way again." And it, and it's absolutely true. I'll look up the bit. You'd recommend it if people could find it on the stream? Well, assuming, as yeah. I say, I haven't seen the streaming, the, the film version of it. I'm assuming it's sure much it's the, the same. same From show. what I read of yours, I'd it's say yes, the yes. same. I mean, yeah. it's kind of, uh, okay. so long as you're not mm. um, anal about the definition of what it takes to be a drummer, I'd say I would there say, may be some pleasures to say, be look, had in this. I'd say when you're talking about anal and you're talking about pleasures, you need to be very <laughs> careful. I do not resort to using that misused term ever when describing being either fastidious or <laughs> correct or a drummer. Um, Do you have your records in alphabetical order? Uh, the five you own. Do you have them the in alphabetical order? Can I, can I plead the fifth? <laughs> <laughs>
Would I be incriminating myself if I admitted yes? I have mine in alphabetical order. Oh, okay. Well, well, how else are you going to find anything? I have to say that since the move, which is now verging on three years, mm-hmm. and in spite of all the brand new shelves I've built, only my fiction books are in alphabetical order. Right. I've got not sp- color order. No. Right. Oh, <laughs> those people should be shot. They should be shot. No mercy. No mercy to the people who go to, say, Gwyneth Paltrow's house and design her library based on thickness, size and colour. Oh, no, no, no. Mm. Now, I have to take you to cut to task, though, uh, because you did go and see Fleetwood Mac. Yes. And we do need to tell the people, not that, I mean, you've kept it a secret because I believe you, we, we get another chance to talk about your occupation. You wrote about it in the newspaper, didn't about you? About Fleetwood Mac? Yes. No, I don't think I did. Did I? Didn't you? No. I don't believe oh, I good. did. Oh, good. Oh, good. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. This, so was, actually, this was actually my hard-earned spondulies. Um, oh, this. No, oh, but, but, wow. But, you actually paid money. Well, I didn't. My wife did, right? Why? Uh, okay. Here's the thing. Yes. Like, I'm completely. So when Rumours was released, like, it, was, it was like, to, to my mind, that mm. was the devil's music. It right? is still. You know? That I was listening to the Buzzcocks and Sex Pistols. So and, and yes, yeah, so you should be, and yeah. you were, and, and, and well done. You won't go to hell. <laughs> you were listening to the right music in and 1978. Maybe you were listening to some Jamaican music and there's as this well, perhaps. Coked up yeah. West Coast, yeah. you know, self indulgent pap. Yeah. Bloated vulgarians. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, some years ago. Mm. Somehow into my possession came a double CD Fleetwood Mac best of thing that lived in the car and it found its way into the CD player. And, you know, it's a bit like... It's a bit like Uber Eats is what it's like. like. It's a bit like Malcolm McDowell in a Clockwork Orange Mm -hmm. with the eyes pegged open Mm -hmm. over a certain period of time. It's... He can't. So, I can't. So in that scene, so I couldn't listen to Beethoven's Fifth anymore. But yeah. I was suddenly able to listen to. Um, I'm trying know, to think. So, that, so you in, make order love and cure, fun. in order to cure uh, his character Alex of don't stop of, of ultra violence, they put him in a chair, they tie him up, they put hold his eyes open, they make him listen to Beethoven, and while while watching while watching violence, violence, yeah, and that cures yeah. him of violence. Mm. Um, so, I don't get the analogy. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's reverse. It's reverse through exposure. Constant exposure I, to my the, My hatred of Fleetwood Mac was whittled away. Yeah. yeah and suddenly yeah. it's like, you know yeah. what? There's some pretty damn good tunes to the there. ultimate in uh, corporate American rock music, in fatuous, bloated, vulgar sounds, the equivalent, I say, of Uber Eats, people who are too lazy to cook their own food or go somewhere and pay the correct and decent price for it, get some poor bastard on a bicycle to come and give them starch and fat and salt. That's what Fleetwood Mac is to me. So I know that there are people who are very emotional about Fleetwood Mac. In 1978? They're worse than the Eagles. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad to, to... because I was a little bit unsure what you thought. Yeah, no, I, I was struggling. I just want you to know yeah, yeah. that Don Hanley has a conscience. <laughs> <laughs> that whiny, adenoidal guy, nah. Lindsay Buckingham, ah, who yeah. was not there, by the way. I know, yeah. and that's the other thing. <laughs> Talk about attention deficit disorder. 
my God. Like, what would ever possess somebody who has such, uh, like, a legacy, such a great legacy from his first band to you, his second band, about Finn, the Malanes, yeah. to his third Finn. band, Crowded House? <laughs> what on earth would possess anybody other than the need to be in a stadium surrounded by 50,000 adoring fans of somebody else's band? 12,000 or thereabouts. Or here, but, but elsewhere. Labor. I'm sure yeah, they're yeah, doing sure. other yeah. stadiums. Well, yeah, okay, sorry. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was in this queue first. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the cubicle first when I got here is where you were. Behave. So, uh, oh, God, so many th- so many points at which I could, I could interject agree. here. Agree, agree. Just say I, I'm ashamed, I agree, it was wrong, and okay. I won't do it again. All right. Point A. Yes. Your Honour. <laughs> Send them down. My wife my wife bought these tickets. It wasn't me. It was it my wasn't wife. Me. My wife bought these tickets and she bought them for the whole family, right? Man kids, blames this wife. Kids, for this is kids and, and parents going Your to- children like yes, this music. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. Uh, bear with me. Bear are with we, me. We, I'm not yeah. going to criticise them or so your wife. I say my hard-earned spondulies. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it costs, right? She wouldn't tell me. Of course you don't. <laughs> you never do. No, of course. Well, even when I'm paying, I don't know what it costs. I'm looking at Carl's phone right now, knowing that there would be an app on his phone which has his bank details that he could just flick a button and see exactly no, how No, no, I don't do any phone banking. Do you? No. Okay. No. Anyway, uh, I don't know what it costs, okay. but, but I can assume because she wouldn't tell me how much mm-hmm. it costs that it, it was, was a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. So best best keep me in the dark, I think. $1,000. $1,000. Point B. Well, there were five of us. It could well have been more than $1,000, but I don't oh. want to know. Point B. Mm. Yeah, right? point B. That that sort of very, very impermeable uh, sort of um, barrier that we used to have in, in you know, 1978, 79, when, when we were kids, right, when, when yep, we were growing yep, up, yep, first yep. listening to music. Yep. Music was a big part of our identity. Yep. Yep. And what you liked and what you didn't like, mm-hmm. I think, were equally important. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell I tell this to my own daughter, who's yep. who is eight. But yep. Even when she was younger, I yeah, said, "No, it's my turn. It's now. important it's my to turn hate now. things. <laughs> it's good to love things, but you need to hate things as well, or else you have no taste." Okay, I disagree. Okay. I think that we we are now in an era where uh, certainly kids mm. are far less uh, inclined to go. I like this, therefore I hate that. Yep. Okay. I reckon that's probably true. And I think Take it from you. you know you can you can true. you can uh, you can sort of put the the blame or the explanation for this at the at the foot of streaming and and digital music consumption, the the sort of disintegration of the sort of packaged mm. collection that yep. known as the LP and yep. and all the rest of it, uh, and the readily the readily available information about every act you ever you ever stumbled across. You don't discover acts anymore. You mm. know you you. They're shared or they're linked or you whatever. I mean, you do you do discover, yeah. but it's not that sense of I found them, I own them that we yep. had when yep. when we were younger, yep. right? So I kind of think that it's all just a constant feed, and there is no distinction. My you know my, my daughter's listening to Fleetwood Mac and she's listening to Nirvana and she's listening to the Pixies and she's listening to Giorgio Moroder and it's like and and I and I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. that is really really great. Mm. I I I have absolutely no problem with it. I think it's a it's healthier. Than the way we uh, we formed our our musical fandom identity. Can you say I it's think. healthier because it's more open. 
because uh, because it's more oh. open to inputs. It's more so open it's to it's inclusive and diverse. It's not just that it's inclusive, but it's yeah, it's diverse and it's yeah. open minded. Okay, and I think that uh, and you know to to extrapolate from yep. your your assertion that uh, it's important to have things to hate as well. I actually yep. think. No, mm-hmm. let's try and move you, beyond that. Now you can and think I am that, go, I am and, I, and I will allow you in, to think in that. terms of cultural consumption, yep. but also in broad in a broader sense. Well, I, I'm I'm talking. I, I do want to hear more about your your Fleetwood Mac experience. Mm. So maybe uh, I there is a C. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay, uh, I, I I disagree. I do think yeah. that that taste is formed not by what you love, but also by what you oppose. And yourself, the self is formed by that as well. The kind of person you are is not just about who you love and what you love and embracing everything and being diverse and inclusive. It's also about what you oppose, and that's really important when it comes to music because music is also about politics and it's also about society. It's not just about as much as I love music. That's just about mm. being on the dance floor and. And having fun, which you know, I'm a great lover of soul music, as everybody knows. However, it is important to have taste and have views, and to oppose and hate things as well as as much as is to love things. That's my view. We we differ. You, that's fine. I, I don't um, I don't think that that's that's a, a problem for our podcast. I believe we can continue this podcast <laughs> with you holding that strange, hairy legged, yogurt eating, love bead wearing, dreadlocks combing. Few good on you. Tell me about C. What's, hang on, what's I'll, next? I'll just wipe the avocado butter off my face. <laughs> please well, do. Oh, please right, do. <laughs> it's disgusting. Oh, Shade butter in my hair. <laughs> but, but man, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So C, C, you're on the freedom trail. C was the was the Neil Finn uh, element, right? Mm-hmm. So the you know this was concert five. I think mm-hmm. I think it was their final night in uh, Melbourne. I think their final night in Australia. Five in Melbourne. Five in Melbourne. Yeah. Wow. Um, Obviously, people were there to see Fleetwood Mac, right? Yes. And people loved Fleetwood Mac. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They really, really loved Neil Finn. Well, yes. It was, well, you say, well, yes, but I mean, it was like, it surprised me the degree mm-hmm. to which, I mean, you know, people are paying whatever they're paying, and, and I hope everybody else is in the, in the dark <laughs> as much as I am. <laughs> people were paying what they were paying to see Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Right? They yeah. weren't coming to see Crowded House or Split Ends no, or Neil Finn. They were not. They were, they were not. Oh, not even the Malanes. They, they, they were there to see. At the Annandale Hotel. Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. And. And it really surprised me the mm-hmm. the amount of love that like it it's sort of like if Fleetwood Mac were getting like a nine point four out of ten on the sort of applause. you know the applause meter yeah they, they were getting an eleven when mm. uh, when Neil Finn uh, sang I Got You and yeah. and uh, Don't I, Dream Is Over I have and an idea why that is I know you're going to say because they're better songs than no 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 not at all not at all I think um, I was really surprised at how popular Crowded House became yeah. at first like they seemed like a band at the Annandale Hotel and they became this worldwide smash hit yeah. band and I had friends overseas some who were in Australia who'd come to Australia for other reasons but happened to be here for that final final um, crowded house concert yep. right and they said oh when we were we were home there was this massive it was on the news you know it's just you have no idea how how popular and beloved like loved this yeah. this band is and I was actually at that concert at the at the opera at the house, opera house yeah. Steps, yeah, right? yeah and uh, I've never been a big crowded house fan I like them I yeah, recognize yeah. the skill and, and the songwriting everything and they've and like don't dream is over it's a great song um and it was packed and it was massive and it was every strata of white society that you could imagine at that concert. And for people who love Fleetwood Mac, 
every strata of white society, to then get this glorious surprise. Oh, that's right. This guy who we've always loved from from sort of 1980, uh, the, the True Colors album, because the others were very different albums, um, in Split Ends right up to the end of Crowded House. And this is like this amazing Christmas bonus that nobody expected, or they might have heard, or but probably never thought about when they were thinking about going and seeing Fleetwood Mac. The face of Neil Finn wouldn't have jumped into their head, and I think it would have been an amazing bonus for lovers of both bands. And I think he he is especially really beloved by people who mm. who remember the band or who have a vague passing interest in in music on the Fox or Gold or whatever. Mm. Yeah, it was a good show. Mm. It was a good show. Mm. Uh, Christine McVie has pretty much lost her voice. Yep. Uh, she was always quite flat anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, it, now it's, it's gone. pretty reed thin. Yep. She's 76. Okay. It's like. You know, and she sings like a 76-year-old woman. Yep. There were a couple of moments where I thought as she was playing her uh, sort of boogie-woogie blues piano bits that mm. she was just falling behind the pace, yep. you know? Yep, um, Probably the, doesn't do a lot of practice. I, well, this is the 74th show. She's mm. probably oh, okay. practiced so she, at she, least she, 73 she, other times before that night. 73 times a yeah. night, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good – you do improve um, on tour, did you know? Interesting <laughs> thing, Interesting thing. Lindsay Buckingham, mm. uh, I don't really know the story about why he was mm, kicked out and what state he's in. I've heard that he's maybe not in great – Great like shape. health, you mean? Health-wise, yeah, possibly um, beyond that. But um, it, w- what struck me was uh, Mike Campbell, who used to play um, guitar with Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers, was playing lead. Neil Finn was kind of playing second lead slash rhythm. How many guitarists were three, in the band? There three. were three, okay. yeah. Well, there you uh, and, and Neil Finn was singing the Lindsay Buckingham parts, mm-hmm. right? It's like, well, they've got this – very crash hot guitarist in Mike Campbell, and they've got okay. this very good musician singer in, in Neil Finn. That's two guys to replace Lindsay Buckingham. So yeah. wh- whatever kind of guy he so was to be around, Christine McVie. It was pretty. It was pretty impressive. What um, if they just start replacing them with Australian musicians? It, it, you know what? I I don't think they can do that. The, the thing that really struck me about this, right, mm. is that it was almost like watching. Um, what would you call it? Almost like a like a showcase, a showcase. showcase. No, not a train crash. A showcase in that Christy McVie would sing a song and it would finish, and then the light would come on her, and she go, "Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here." Blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then and then uh, Stevie Nicks would sing a song. By the way, her upper register is pretty much gone, but she could she could still you know very good on the melodies, and she could find her way around the songs. Couple of the rearrangements I didn't love, but you know, it's, so you it's know all the songs, cool. right? You're in a position well where enough. You, I'm, you know I'm not a rabid fan, but I've listened no, but to them you, enough. You know but, everything. Yes. Yeah, There's yeah. no surprise, so you know so, what it's supposed to sound. She'd finish a song and she'd go, yeah. thank you, it's wonderful. She'd do her witchy stuff, you know, uh, and then the and then Neil Finn would do his bit mm-hmm. and the, thank you, thank you. It's kind of like you were seeing four, three, four different artists. Mm-hmm. Right, with a backing doing, band. Yeah, with a yeah, backing band. Yeah. It's really weird. The other probably two the standout moment, members of Fleetwood Mac, Mick are they Fleetwood, in the band still? Mick Fleetwood and John McVie. They're yes, still in the band. They're both yep. there, yeah. And, and they're, they're magnificent, I yep. think.
And there was a great moment where Fleetwood basically played this mad mm. six or seven minute drum. It started off as a solo. It mm-hmm. became basically a, a duet slash duel with mm-hmm. a percussionist, a Japanese okay. guy yep. who was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it was just this kind of, it was like a kind of a free jazz moment that mm. had crept in. Sounds innovative. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've asked Fred Armisen what he thinks. <laughs> it was it was great, but of course you had all these people getting up and wandering around and going off for a drink or a pee or whatever because mm. they're going oh, big boring drum solo. Yeah. It was actually the most interesting well, part of the, the entire show. Because the fans aren't there because they like music. Like I said, people don't order Uber Eats because they like food. They don't like nutrition. They don't like roughage. They don't like protein. People who go to see Fleetwood Mac don't like music. They like convenience and nostalgia and comfort. Mm-hmm. Remember what Herman Hess said about that. If you don't know what Herman Hess said about that, then you can bloody look it up. I'm not going to tell you, okay? Read some more books and listen to some decent music. I'm going to call Uber Books and get them to deliver it to me. <laughs> so I was watching television, Carl. You're no pleased way. to know. I was sitting on the sofa watching television and I came across a show on ABC iView called Year of the Rabbits. Right. And it has as its star a man unfamiliar to everybody in Australia called Matt Berry, who I remember from a few episodes I watched of a show called Toast of London about a mostly out-of-work actor and his nemesis because He's got the nemesis is the actor who's always doing really well. And it's very funny, right. but but patchy. I didn't watch all the episodes or anything. This is called... That's Toast of London. Toast of London. Which I'm talking about... Push that aside now. Year of the Rabbit yeah. is, a, is a comedy, yeah. as was Toast of London, that is set in the uh, Dickensian times in London, a Victorian era of... Uh, it's a police... Procedural. It's got all the cliches of every single policeman show and cop show you've ever seen, except it's funny and it's set in the late 19th century. Do you know what's coming to mind here? No. And, and this could be completely mm. off the mark, yeah. but as you're describing that, yeah. I'm thinking of the two Ronnies, yes. Phantom Riles, the raspberry blower of old London town. I, I, It's not like that. It's not like that That's at a all. Shame. Okay. There's, <laughs> or maybe not. There's loads of violence right. and swearing and nudeness. It really is like every single thing that people would have objected about, yeah. it's got it all. Great. It's got everything. Okay. Ah, I know this gaff. It's one of them peepholes. A peephole, a tom shop, knock knock hide your cock. Somewhere you go to see a bit of Jack and Danny, and maybe a brew mandel that tickles your pickles. <laughs> oh, that's very creative, Inspector. An erotic sure cabaret. Oh, I see. Total filth, facer. Should we just go ahead and arrest everyone straight away? We could do. We could watch the whole show first. For clues. Now you're talking my language. Yeah. <laughs> it starts off with him committing great violence against a man at a table, getting him to uh, confess to a crime that he clearly hasn't committed. And then he stands up and he's in a classroom. And that, children, is how we get a confession out of a murderer. <laughs> Who'd like to see me? And then he describes something really disgusting and all right. the kids put up their hand. Right. And, of course, he gets to the police station and there's his great nemesis, this dandyish fop called Tanner of the Yard because he's from Scotland Yard where he's just with the Met, you see. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so he has a better jurisdiction. 
friction and they they disagree and 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 his his boss is always yelling at him and his boss has an adopted daughter who's black who wants to be the first policewoman and and he's got a, he's forced to take on an assistant like a, a sidekick who's been educated at Cambridge and is very posh and it's all the cliches of a police show and it's hilarious it's really funny and the swearing is great loads of swearing and nudeness and violence and it's it's just it's it's really sharp and ri- well written and ch- and like it just pounds along like a policeman on the pavement chasing a miscreant with just his whistle and his truncheon pounds along like a bobby on the beat mm. Mm. i'm going to recommend a film yeah called animals Okay. It's uh, directed by Sophie Hyde, who made the film 52 Tuesdays. She was also uh, one of the creators and directors of The Hunting on SBS, okay. that recent show. What's uh, it's Australian uh, film? Not, well, it's an Australian-Irish film. Okay. Um, so Best she's, kind. She's from Adelaide, right? Um, this began... German. Uh, <laughs> this began... <laughs> This began as a uh, as an English uh, production, English German, uh, based on a book set in Manchester. Yep, about two female friends in their late twenties, basically hard drinking buddies, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them wants to be a writer, but she's basically spent a, dec- a decade going out on the terps instead of uh, sitting at a desk. Perfect, doing it. yeah, perfect. Yeah. Charles Kwiatkowski. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and. Uh, Due to basically financing issues more than anything, mm. it relocated to Dublin. They, they could get Irish money, but where, oh, whereas they okay. couldn't get English money. Okay. Yep. Um, and so Sophie Hyde, who is part of a film collective in Adelaide called Closer Productions, mm-hmm. um, Joy Division's second album, uh, went over, Joy Division's second album indeed, um, uh, was became attached to it and sort of worked on it and developed it into mm. the film that it became. Um, and it's really good. It's yeah, really good. Great. It stars Holiday Granger, who's an English actress but playing Irish in okay. this, and Alia Shawkat, who is American and probably best known from the name. You'd know her from Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cousin, what's she called? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Afternoon delight. Yeah. There's a good scene between her and what's his name? The, uh, the Michael Junior. No, yeah, <laughs> George Michael. George, but, sorry, George Michael. But, but Michael yeah. Sarah. Michael yeah, yeah, Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah, it's just about their friendship reaching mm. this, this sort of like turning point moment where, where they become adults or have to become adults. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where um, the whole Holiday Granger's character basically, I think she's called Laura, is sort of thinking about becoming an adult, mm. but is sort of you know loves the life she's got and kind of thinks that the wild abandon of it is kind of part of what will. That's her subject matter, you mm. know, if she ever mm. gets this writing thing going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet it's also part of the reason why she can't get the writing thing going. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's pretty great. So what do you do? I'm a writer. I, I, I'm trying to nail the work-life balance. Sooner or later, the party has to end. Why? <laughs> Carla, this is Jim. Make way. My friend's lover is the man of the hour. Does he play the piano like he's making love to a beautiful woman? You know, none of this changes our friendship. Mm. Huh? He thinks we're savages. We are savages. <laughs> Will you be my matron of honor? I'll be your matron of dishonor. Would you like some fizz while you're looking? It's complimentary. Yes. What's an animal's primary need? Food. Sex. Safety. Was any of it real? All of it. 
interesting. Just today I was in a beer garden and I heard two women that could very well be the women really? you have described <laughs> in this film. One uh, – film, isn't it? Yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. One of them, one of whom – I don't want to say too much because it was, I, I wasn't deliberately eavesdropping. One has a very, very serious job. Yeah. Uh, and the other one has just gotten a, a proper job having – been working in in hospitality yeah, and yeah. not enjoying the hours, not enjoying yeah. the type of work and not enjoying the money, yeah. is now actually getting some decent money in a proper job and is now being able to look at maybe moving out from home and, you know, making adult life choices and sitting there uh, over a beer just talking about that. And I thought, you know, it's 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 you don't often just happen to walk into a place and hear somebody rejoicing that they finally have an adult job and can now start to look at living an adult life, having already been an adult, clearly for – yeah. Quite some time, you yeah. know. So it's interesting what you talk about this film. Yeah. Well, of course, Alia Shawkat's character, Tyler, mm-hmm. uh, works in house- hospitality. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. We, you could have predicted that, couldn't yes. you? Yes, yes, yeah. I think you could have. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's really great. It's yeah, a really, really great. terrific film. It's very animals smart. called animals because... Party animals, probably a circus little bit. animals, the cold chisel LP that I've never listened caged to. Caged animals, in my life. Caged, caged animals, wild animals. Okay. You know, I think you know you can you can invest it with whatever you want. Okay, I would, I would yep. think um, it looks great. Um, Dublin, you know, that du- helps. Dublin when, by night. When a film you know, looks great, it Dublin helps, doesn't night. it? You know, yeah. you just kind of want to go there. I've never been to, uh, I just, to Dublin or any of those so other Irish, Irish pint, places. Really? You know, you know. I went to a beer garden before I came here. Right, I yeah. think it shows. <laughs> 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 it was actually for business, not for pleasure, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell it to the judge, mate. Tell it to the judge. I will. I will. Thanks for listening to The Clappers, this special high-visibility edition of The Clappers. <laughs> You can like us, loathe us, or love us using your fingers on Facebook, I mean, not in real life, okay? <laughs> you could flip the bird to the ether. Maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't. We, we won't even care. <laughs> Let's be honest. We just don't care. Uh, and, of course, you can tell your friends. Rate us uh, in the in the way that you can rate things on Apple Podcasts or on some of the other podcast uh, servers, are they called? Uh, that's what they call them. You can call them that if you want. Platforms. Yeah. Platforms. Platforms. Thank you. Platforms. That's the word you're looking for. Platforms. Yeah. Yes, platforms. Yeah. Um, if you do like us mm. and uh, you want to share the love yeah. with your friends, why not send them a link? Send but them a link to the episode. asking people to oh. like you, isn't it? Like, it if you is. ever in real life gone up and said, could you like me? Would yeah. you please like me? Do you reckon that's what it's like? It's a bit it's like that, It feels a bit like that, doesn't it? You know what? Yeah. Like, don't like. That's, that's what I say. Like, yeah. loathe, or love. Yeah, they all yeah. begin with L. Yeah. But just know we like you. If oh, you're yeah, listening, oh, well, not we me. like you. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't be stupid. <laughs>